2: A Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day Podcast. My name is Nick Schmitz and wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. And as we are now in the middle of the week, just one day away from Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the year. And um, let's just let's start here. Alright. Packer fans, let's just begin with this. The sky is not falling. It's the old Rogers R-E-L-A-X, all right? I know Sunday night's game was rough. It was, it was bad from start to finish. If you're looking for a silver lining, I'm not sure if it's there. But let me just start you by running through an exercise. I want you to imagine something. Wherever you're at, take a minute, stop, and imagine this. Go back to Sunday and imagine that the Packers beat the 49ers. All right? And I'm going to give you a score. Imagine Green Bay wins that game Sunday night against the 49ers, and imagine that the score of the game was 28-24 Green Bay. Close game, tough game, hard game. They win. Okay? All right. Now that you've got that, in your head, Green Bay winning that game, nine and two, sitting atop the NFC, number one seed right now. Now I want you to imagine this. Take all your feelings that you have currently of this team getting their ass kicked, okay? And take all that feeling that you have about how, where the team's at, and now imagine that they've won. They're nine and two. Okay? Now imagine they go to New York this weekend and get beat 24 to 10 by the 2 and 9 Giants. All right, you've imagined both scenarios now. We know one's reality. 8 and 3 got your butt kicked by San Francisco. One is not reality. You're 9 and 3 after this weekend in this scenario. You beat the 49ers, but you've lost now to the Giants. Which one's worse? Which one makes you feel worse? beating a good team, a potential Super Bowl contender and then losing to a team that is in total rebuild, has some good players but are banged up and they're just not a good football team right now. Now, some of you out there you may you may would you maybe would want that. Maybe you maybe you're saying to yourself, "Yeah, I'd rather beat a Super Bowl contender and maybe have an off day." I know for one, for me personally, I'd rather get my butt kicked by a team that I know has Super Bowl potential then lose to a team that is just awful. So wherever you may be just just think about it. Again, last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, they were 10 and 6, okay? They had to win three straight road games. It it's not always going to look pretty and I know it's not I know a lot of people say it's not that they lost, it's how they lost. I understand 37 to 8 not a good look right especially coming off a of buy it's not where you thought that game would be but it doesn't mean the season's over all right so now i want to bring in maggie she is with me today maggie i know jacob he mentioned he couldn't be with us today um baby's, his baby's got got some shots He's, he's just got to be with the he's got to be with the family today so unfortunately no jacob tonight but uh, that does not mean that he won't make an appearance as far as maybe what he's thankful for this holiday season um but maggie i just took our listeners through this scenario you listened you heard you heard it which scenario would you rather take in, in of the two that i just gave
3: so to me i always think it's better to lose to somebody that you might see down the road um, if you look at, like, my thought process is how bad it was in 2011 when the Packers lost to the Chiefs. You know, they're 15-1, and 13-0 at the time, and then they roll into Kansas City and they lose a game that everybody expected them to win. And that kind of seemed like it almost derailed some of their momentum for the rest of that season. And they sat at 15-1, and divisional round of the playoffs, and the Giants come in and beat them by 17 points by three scores. It was just a really poor performance. So I guess that's kind of how I look at it is just I would rather lose to a really good team thinking that my team can improve on this. I know that everyone has an off game, um, but I think it's better to have your off games against contenders than it is maybe, I guess, like last year with the Cardinals. You know, that was such a shocking loss. And look what it did. I mean, the head coach was let go after that game. So. To me, sitting at 8-3, and having your three losses be to the Chargers, the Eagles, and the 49ers, who all still are in the playoff hunt, if not, like you said, the first seed, I think it's a pretty okay spot to be right now. And I think Aaron Rodgers said it best at his uh, postgame presser when he said, you know, I feel like we can make the adjustments that we need to make. This team has the makeup to maybe go back there and actually win it next time. So, He's basically already acknowledging that in the playoffs, we're probably going to have to see them again. It'll probably be in San Fran, and we are confident the outcome will look different. Yeah, and you
2: know, it's one of those things, I I think, I know for me, the most frustrating part of the loss was that it it came coming off of a bye. And it's never great when you look that flat coming off a bye. You have more time to prepare, but... We also need to, I think it's important that we revisit this, which is expectations. And I know expectations change as time goes on. But the reality of what we need to keep in mind is it's still a rookie head coach. It's not a first-year head coach in Green Bay. This is Matt LaFleur's first NFL head coaching job. And if you don't think that he's still learning as he's going along here, like that's just, it's its not true. It, it's going to take him a while to really get everything mastered and put together. So there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve there. And the other thing is to remember that I mean, this was a team that was six and nine and one last year. Their head coach got fired during the middle of the season, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it there was a there This team has come a long way from last year, and last year's team was not very good. They've had – they're still plugging holes. It's not like they were two edge rushers away from being Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, they signed Preston and Zedaria Smith, and that's great. And they've been awesome. They have been way more than probably what any of us could have imagined. It's been great, but – the reality is there's still holes to this team, and it doesn't mean they can't contend and compete for a Super Bowl, but again, I think we need to taper expectations again. I know, for one, at the beginning of the season, if you had told me that the Packers would finish the season 9-7, and seven, I would have asked, where do I sign? And, Maggie, I know you had been kind of looking at an optimistic 10-6, and six, but realistic 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, you know... Talk a little bit about the expectations that you had for this team and where they're sitting right now and just kind of put it into context of Sunday night's game that, yeah, it didn't look great, but it still far surpasses where we originally thought this team would be.
3: I mean, I know that even Aaron Rodgers and other players in the locker room last season had said, we're not really looking for a rebuild. We're looking for a reload. Um, So I think the expectations were always that this team could compete but it's a brand new head coach, it's a brand new offense, it's a second-year defensive coordinator, so still kind of getting his feet wet and learning this defense. Yes, they got a couple new playmakers in Zedarius and Preston Smith. Adrian Amos has looked good. Um, but as a whole, I mean, there's still a lot of pieces, I guess, missing from the defense. You know, there's a noticeable weakness at wide receiver and you can't make all those adjustments in one year. You can try to fill holes, but whether it's cap space or injuries, there's always something that's going to pop up. So you look to load up on key players through the draft, which is also what the Packers have done. But to be where the Packers are right now at eight and three, I think that given the last two seasons, the fact that this team is in the playoff hunt and in the top of the playoff hunt, looking at potentially a second and third seed, I don't think a lot of people would have had that expectation going into the season with a first-time head coach. Um the Packers re- record historically for a first-year head coach is 9 and 7 and that was Mike Holmgren and Mike Sherman. So it's almost a guarantee given the Packers remaining schedule that Matt LaFleur will top that. So I mean I know expectations kind of change during the season, so a lot of fans that maybe didn't expect this kind of outcome now that the team is playing so well, your aspirations change. I mean, you go from thinking this is a rebuild year to a, oh my gosh, maybe we do have a shot at the playoffs or, you know, even better, maybe we do have a shot at making a run here. So I, I understand how that changes, but I, I do think that this team can still make a push. Um, but I also agree with what you said, where if we were asked at the beginning of the season, hey, what's the outlook? for this team to still have a realistic shot at 12 and 4, 13 and 3, even 11 and 5, I think surpasses the 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 10 and 6 that a lot of us were originally expecting.
2: Absolutely. And just think about this too. Put it in a little bit of context here. Packers were 6-9 and 1 last year. Coach fired during the middle of the season. And you thought Sunday night was bad. I don't know if you watched Monday night's game, and I know we're not here to talk about anybody other than the Packers and their opponents, but how do you think the Rams feel today uh, going into their Thanksgiving? They were in the Super Bowl last year, and they got their ass kicked even worse than the Packers did on, on Monday night football. So, you know, and, and mind you, too, given that the Rams lost Monday to the Ravens, you've now almost essentially wrapped up the NFC playoff picture. Like, I mean, th- there's six teams now in the NFC that are making the playoffs, and it really just kind of comes down to where do they all get seated. And it's it's encouraging to say Green Bay is one of those six teams. It, it's going to take a massive, massive meltdown for this team to not make the playoffs after what, what went down this week. So this team's making the playoffs, barring any major injury. I mean – Take it one step at a time. I know everybody wants to. It's I know aspirations are always Super Bowl, but you know, just think too that one game does not make the entire season. So there's lots of football left to be played. Uh, this team is trending in the right direction. They got to get a few things worked out. And the biggest thing that you can ask for and hope from from this team is what we've said after each of their other previous losses. How do they respond? What did they learn from their losses? I'm sure Matt Lafleur is very much studying Sunday's game. He's going to get better from it. He's going to learn from it. And this week against the Giants – it's in New York. Yes, the Giants are a bad team. I expect them to win, so maybe you, say, maybe you take a little bit of credit away from that, but it's still the NFL. You still have to go out and you have to play hard every week. So I fully expect the Packers to bounce back this weekend, move to 9-3 and three against the Giants, um, and let's just take it one week at a time. So with that being said, though, I want to talk Maggie quickly here Um We are one day away from Thanksgiving Day, and I don't know about you, Maggie, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the entire year, and it's for two very simple reasons. Awesome food, and I get to do nothing but watch football while eating that awesome food. So... I understand that you, for the very first time, are hosting your in-laws, and now you were obviously just married this past summer, so this is your first time to be able to do that, Um, but take us through Thanksgiving Day, what it's like for you, are you intimidated cooking for your in-laws, making food, how are you feeling today?
3: I mean, so I always say that Thanksgiving is a great day because it's four, uh, three of my four favorite F words um, family, food, and football. So we'll let you um, figure out
2: what the other one is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, it's always a good day in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. You know, Mark and I bought our own place last year, um, but we were in the, the pre wedding process then. I and mean, we didn't really have any major holidays come up um while we were unpacking it was all kind of just adjusting to being in the new space so this year we figured we have some friends in town whose family lives far away and uh my husband's parents um are empty nesters right now so we would host this year and invite everyone over so that nobody else had to uh try and facilitate or find plans but i'm excited i mean i really like to cook i like to bake um But I also like to make cocktails and watch football. So I guess all things considered, as long as uh, the food tastes good and my uh, new home doesn't burn down, then it'll be a good day. And at least either the Bears or the Lions have to lose, which is just about the perfect Thanksgiving.
2: Well, there you go. And so now I got to ask, because like I said, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. So when you think Thanksgiving, uh, what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day food?
3: I guess, like, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but my favorite is sweet potatoes, and I make mine with pecans. And I know that that would probably start like a Twitter war between people that are team marshmallow and people that are team pecan. But I like sweet and salty, so to me, it is the perfect thing to have pecans in your sweet potatoes.
2: So, all right, so you got to give me because I've never had sweet potatoes before. What? Um, so now I, I'm assuming sweet potatoes, they're. Potatoes, so I'm assuming it's not a dessert, correct?
3: Yeah, but there's like so much butter and stuff in there and brown sugar that basically tastes like dessert.
2: Okay, so it's kind of like a dessert with your like main course?
3: Yeah, it's like it's kind of like sweet potato like casserole. Okay, so there's like sweetness in it, and some people put um, like toasted marshmallows on the top of theirs. I like um, butter and brown sugar and pecans.
2: All right, so it's safe to say that there's gonna be plenty of sweet potatoes at your <laughs> Thanksgiving tomorrow, yes. correct yes, all right, and then your husband mark is he does he have a favorite thanksgiving day food?
3: um I don't know, I mean he always eats like. He was that person that eats everything that nobody else normally likes. So if there's like cranberries or something weird, that's kind of where he would gravitate.
2: That's the best kind of person to be, though, because you just know all the foods that you like nobody's going to touch. So it's just more for you. His
3: leftover helpings are always better than everyone else's because there's nothing left and he gets to eat full plates.
2: Well, there you go. So, well, my favorite Thanksgiving food is um, green bean casserole. And, uh, that, that actually came about because I tried it at Christmas one time and my mom got very upset with me cause she had wanted me to try them for so many years. I was like 20 years old and I had my girlfriend at the time over for, for Christmas and she just looked at me she's like, you yeah, know, just try it. And I tried it and I loved it. And my mom's just been like, I've been telling you to eat it for like <laughs> 10 years, you know, no big deal, whatever. So, but, uh, Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, like you said, family food and football, um, it's just, it's just it's the perfect holiday. Although I will say I don't know about you, Maggie. I hate when the Packers play on Thanksgiving Day, so I'm glad they're not playing on Thanksgiving Day uh, this year. I, I don't know. I just it's always against the Lions, and it's always harder than it should be. I, is my feeling. So I'm, I'm really glad that we're not part of it this year. But um, so real quick here, Maggie, I, I want to kind of go through um, Thursday's games because you mentioned that. Bears-Lions play, and that is going to be in some way good for Green Bay. Now, I do think that if you're a Packer fan, there is a rooting interest here, and I think that you should be rooting for the Lions given their current record. Not that the Bears at this point are much of a threat, but they're still the defending NFC North champions, and it's always fun to see the Bears lose a little bit. And then go to the Dallas game. Okay. Nothing needs to be said. It's Dallas. It doesn't matter what their record is. It's kind of like <laughs> the Bears, you just root, ag- you root against them because they're Dallas. And then, but the most interesting game though of of the of the day for Packer fans really is the night game, Saints Falcons, and that goes without saying. We are big time Falcons fans. So, um, is there a game Thursday that you're really looking forward to watching? Of the three games, is there one that you're more excited than the others to watch?
3: See, I like. I was going to take the cop-out answer and say all of them because I always appreciate NFC North games. I think they're always interesting because I think most division games, there's always that added adrenaline to it. Like, I cannot wait for Sunday's uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. It helps well, that's that going to be fun but... for
2: so many reasons. I think there was right. a, a little <laughs> altercation the last time they played that might play a role in that. Just but a small one. Yeah, n- nothing big. I don't think it made the news.
3: But I, I also... I'm really interested to see the Bills because I don't get any really not too many AFC games, so I haven't gotten to see the Bills at all this season. So I'm curious to see at seven and three. I think is no, they're eight and three. Correct. Like yep. with Same their record, record you know, are they as good as their record indicates? It's cool for Bills fans. I'm happy for Bills fans if that is the case. Um, and then the night game, I think the Saints were proven with the Panthers that they are very beatable, even in the the Superdome. So. Um, if the Falcons can put up a good game, which I'm sure they will because it's a division game, you know, a win against the Saints by the Falcons definitely helps the Packers getting one of those top two seeds. So good reasons to watch all three games.
2: Yeah. They're all very compelling storylines. I will say though, the game I'm most excited for is the Cowboys bills game. And it is all because of the bills. My entire life, the bills have always been kind of like the lion's in the fact that they are usually very bad, kind of a laughing stock and they're 8 and 3 and it's interesting cuz I don't ever watch Bills games. That's the difference between the Lions and the Bills for me is, yeah, I watch Lions games at least twice a year if not more because they're in the division, but I don't get to see the Bills like ever and eh, you know whether or not you think they're an easy team to root for, they're playing Dallas, so I mean that's always it ma- always makes it easier. But I think that'll be a great game. And then there's obvious the, the obvious one though is the Saints game. Uh, obviously pulling for the Falcons in that one, Green Bay can get all the help they need at this point for chasing those, that, those top two seeds. But um, Thanksgiving traditions, Maggie. Do you have any traditions as far as? family, I know we kind of we, we really touched on, it sounds like football is on every year, um, but is there anything in particular other than watching football that you and your family does, or Mark and his family, or is it just really just kind of sit down with the family, have good food, and just watch football?
3: Well, my dad's birthday is November 28th, so every couple of years, his birthday ends up falling on Thanksgiving. Um, so in recent years, the tradition has been, give my dad something Packers-related as a present that either he wears that day for the Packers, if they're playing or that he can put on for Sunday. And then I make him some type of dessert. Um, So I can't say what the dessert or the Packers related item are today because I'm giving them to him tomorrow on his birthday. But I do want to say happy birthday, dad. I'm not sure if you listen to these, you listen to some, but if this is one that you listen to happy birthday. And if it's not, I will just tell you that I gave you a shout out in the podcast.
2: Hey, there you go. Uh, Happy birthday from all of us here at packaday podcast that 's actually really cool. I would love to have my birthday every so often land on thanksgiving um, that 'd be amazing but uh, that 's actually re- that 's really cool so well we 'll all be wishing your dad a happy birthday come Thursday, so make sure you 're tweeting at Maggie on Thursday <laughs> Thanksgiving Day so that you can wish her dad a happy birthday so make sure you 're doing that um, all right well so maggie let 's uh, let 's get into some. It's Thanksgiving. Well, almost Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving yet. Almost. We're almost there, though. <laughs> and uh, so let's, let's talk about what we're thankful for with this Packers team. So this is where Jacob's going to make his appearance, because we were kind of talking about, yeah, what should we talk about? And, you know, I wanted to do something a little bit more fun this time around. I wanted to talk Thanksgiving, right? It's a great holiday. And so... I, I had mentioned that, you know, hey, maybe we should talk about, you know, something Thanksgiving related. And Jacob sends back that he is thankful for Cedarius Smith. Now, I think that's something we can all say that we're very <laughs> thankful for. But Maggie, with this team right now, this Packers team, what are you most thankful for with this team right now?
3: I am thankful for Matt LaFleur because I would die for him.
2: I, I, I <laughs> just had a feeling that that's where that answer was going to go. <laughs> um well all right well hey you know what I'm sure after the way things went last year lots of people are thankful for just a new coach um but uh yeah Matt LaFleur he has been great so far this year for again coming back to this expectation thing far surpassing it um I would say I am thankful that this organization Brian Gutekunst, I am thankful for Brian Gutekunst because I like Ted Thompson, and I know I was not a big fan of Ted Thompson at the end of his time, but you have to give Thompson credit. He did bring this franchise another Super Bowl. He was good in his early years with the Packers, and I am now thankful that Brian Gutekunst is going out. He's in – I mean, one of the most surprising things, and I don't don't think we talked about it on our show with the podcast. I'm sure it was discussed, though, that – at the trade deadline, Green Bay was mentioned in trade talks for Le'Veon Bell. Now, I was not in on that. I did not want that to happen. But when Brian Gutekunst said that we're going to be in on every call, he it seems like he's living up to that standard because I don't have any idea why he would have been in on that call for Le'Veon Bell other than to say that we were asking around and maybe we could get a deal. I don't know. But they brought in Preston and Zedarius Smith, and – I know Zadarius Smith gets so much love, and I think it's because he's way more outspoken. I know, Maggie, we've talked about it. He's the more outspoken of the Smiths. But, man, I don't know. Every time everybody's talking about Zadarius Smith all the time, and every time they line up on defense, I'm always looking for where Preston Smith is at. I absolutely love Preston Smith. I'm so glad he's part of this team. But, again, Gutekunst seems to be doing what needs to be done in order to put this roster and this team in the best position possible to win a super bowl i'm so thankful for him i am thankful for matt Lafleur as well although i would not die for him it's also (laughs) partially because i don't need to because i'm pretty sure my wife would be lining up next to you maggie to die for him (laughs) um but again I, i thankful for a general manager who is going out there and even though he may not be landing everything that we always want you can't say the guy isn't trying, and I absolutely love that, and I think that's been lacking in Green Bay for the last couple of years. So thankful for that. And so with that, got to shift a little bit to – I don't want to call it a downer topic on thanks the you know, day before Thanksgiving, but we've been doing this for the past couple of weeks, and we're going to continue doing it. We're going to give out our green and goldens this week. Maggie, I know we talked about before the show here. Um, so green and golden, again, if you don't know – My wife came up with this idea last year that every team should have a designated person on the sideline with a puppy, and their entire job is when somebody's having a bad game, rough game, that person goes over there, gives the player a hug, and there's a puppy there that they can pet because, like we've said before, who doesn't love a puppy? Um, So we decided to give out a Green and Golden Award every week. So Maggie, this week, after Sunday's game, your Green and Golden goes to who?
3: (laughs) Everyone's going to expect who mine goes to, but mine goes to first-year head coach Matt LaFleur for going to San Francisco with the Kyle Shanahan narrative and the Mike LaFleur little brother narrative and the defensive coordinator whose name I am drawing a blank on as one of his best friends. Um, So three really important people to Matt LaFleur that have kind of shaped his coaching um path and he goes to san francisco and just gets completely annihilated by 29 points so to me he deserves a puppy because that is not the kind of performance you want to put up especially i think he said there something about there being added juice when you're playing you know like a friend it becomes an even more important game because you kind of want to you want to show off you want to you want to put your best foot forward and 37 to 8 is not doing that so matt lafleur you get a puppy
2: all right, and mine is going this week to and please don't shout at me for this because sometimes sometimes it, it getting a green and golden is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just it is what it is, and this week it goes for me to Aaron Rodgers. Um it was not one of his better games and you know, 104 yards passing, 0 for 14 on third downs. I know that's not all him, but it was just it was not a good game and uh, it's it's especially never good and i understand why they did it and i agree with it but it's never good when you lose and you're healthy and you don't finish the game as a quarterback that's just not a good game Uh, My green and golden Aaron could, although Aaron would probably rather have, what is it? The scotch that he drinks usually. (laughs) Um, I think he'd rather have the scotch than the hug and the puppy, but that's all he's getting from us is, is the green and golden award this week. So, um, but again, we, we look forward to this Sunday. Let's talk about it real quick. Maggie, we're short on time here, but Packers giants this weekend, um, Giants are 2 and 9. They they're they got a lot of promising young talent, but the reality is this is a game that Green Bay should not have to worry about. You got to go up, you got to show up, you got to play, right? Cuz it's the NFL, you don't get gimmies in the NFL. But looking at it, it they should come out 9 and 3, but looking at this team, you know, what's the key to victory as far as from a defensive standpoint for the Packers? I mean, it really seems to me right now with where the Giants are quarterback wise, Daniel Jones is a rookie and he's shown promise, but he he's still he's a baby rookie and he's not Patrick Mahomes baby rookie like. And so, you know and then they got a lot of injuries and then there's Saquon Barkley who is a stud, but he's still kind of banged up. Who knows if that ankle is still bothering him from earlier in the year. It really seems to me like Green Bay's defense, their whole game plan should be stop Saquon Barkley and you really shouldn't have to do anything else.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Jamal Williams said it after the Chargers loss and then Aaron Jones said it again on Clubhouse Live this past Monday. They both said good teams don't lose two in a row. You just don't. That's not what good teams do. So that entire locker room knows what's at stake here. They know that they have to go to... I mean, it's kind of a daunting road stretch to come back from the West Coast, try and recover, and then go to the East Coast. So it's not going to be an easy game, per se, based on, you know, just geographic location and maybe having some type of hangover, even though I'm not sure I buy into that fully that teams have hangovers from bad games. But I think that they know what's at stake here, and they know that, you know, they have the Giants, and then they come back home at Lambeau to play the Washington Redskins. So... That's a really good chance to get to 10-3 and three before you have your final three games of the season that mean a whole lot. And being 3-0 and in the division already sets them up nicely there, gives them the tiebreaker with the Vikings if they manage to win out or drop the one to the Vikings, go 5-1 and one in the division. Um, but all that matters. So the Packers still have everything in front of them. They have basically they control their own destiny at this point. Um, as far as the playoffs go. And I don't think that that message will be lost in the locker room this week. Um, So I think the giants come at a good time for them to kind of get a bounce back. But I also think that the Packers will be fully prepared for the giants who do still have Saquon. Um, I know golden Tate is questionable right now with the concussion. um, So that injury, he might not be available for the game, but it's, it's still an NFL team, you know? So the Packers will be mindful of that, and I think they'll come prepared. I don't think that there'll be anything like we saw um, in San Francisco.
2: Well, and you know, I they've said you mentioned that the running backs mentioned you don't good teams don't lose two in a row. And say what you will about this Packers team after Sunday's game, but if there's one thing that we've learned, they lost two games earlier in the year before Sunday. And they bounced back very well from both of those games. So, again, we've talked about it after each of the first two losses. How does this team respond? I expect you see a great response Sunday from this team. I, uh, Regardless of record, I think this is a, a game that, again, we've seen strong bounce backs from this team so far from this year. So I think you see another one Sunday. So I – I fully expect them to win Sunday, and it's not just because the Giants are a bad team. I think this team is, as far as overall as a whole, not from a week-to-week picture. Overall as a whole, I think they're in the right spot. I think they're trending in the right direction, and it may take more than a year to get there, but this team's in a good spot. So with that, um, Maggie, quickly, if people want to tweet at you tomorrow so they can wish your dad a happy (laughs) birthday and a happy Thanksgiving, how can they do that? How can they find you on Twitter?
3: All right, I am on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. My dad's name is Fred Lawler, but I do not expect you to tweet at me to tell him happy birthday, even though I will show him if you do. Um, But I won't tell you how old he is because I don't know if he would really like that. Um, But you can also find my writing at Cheesehead TV.
2: All right, and Jacob, uh, I know that you couldn't be with us today, but Maggie and I are both sending you our best wishes for Thanksgiving. Hope you and your family your newest addition to the family have a wonderful Thanksgiving take care of the baby I know shots are no fun I'm a grown man and don't like shots and so (laughs) I can only imagine what your uh, little child thinks of them but uh, we really wish you were here buddy we know that nothing's serious but uh, we missed you on the podcast it would have been fun to have you here and for all of you listeners out there have a wonderful Thanksgiving and please do me a favor It's Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Lots of people are traveling, and I don't know where you guys are at in the country, but if you are driving in weather at all during this holiday season, be safe. Safe travels. Take a little bit of extra time to get to your destination safely, please. We really, really want you to have a great and safe and fun holiday. Now, please all do me a favor now. Go to sleep at some point during the day today. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, wake up on Thanksgiving Day. Eat lots of great food, with whether it's your family, your friends, whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving. Eat lots of good food. Watch lots of football. Enjoy the day and get ready for Sunday when Green Bay goes to New York. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Packers.